This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And hey, yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. My name's Alexander Fruchter. I'm from Hyde Park in, on the south side of Chicago. I'm a DJ by the name of DJ RTC. And kind of my path through Chicago's music industry has led me to running the website rubyhornet.com. And I'm really grateful at this time that everything I do in my life is like connected to the music in some sense you know which is something i've really wanted and it's it's cool to see where this path is, has gone one two one two keep it on listen to the shit because we keep it till dawn listen to the abstract got it going on listen to the ladies come on and let me spawn for your eggs then you go up the river so get it together is a record on uh, the BC Boys album Ill Communication and it features Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest and it wasn't like my introduction to hip-hop because growing up I I think I became conscious of music as like seven eight year old around the time of like MC Hammer and all that and you know I think that's an age where kids kind of realize oh there's music and I can turn the channels by myself now and I can see things on my own so you know and going to school I grew up in Hyde Park which is really racially diverse culturally diverse and also even with the UFC's influence like intelligence is really valued there but there's still a toughness of the neighborhood I and mean, it's like an oasis on the south side of Chicago that's like this this really unique spot so growing up in there I heard hip-hop music at, I went to public school, you know, this was during like ice cubes and the West Coast just huge blowing up. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. I got my grub bone, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. So hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. At the same time, you know, I had access to the music box, which would be videos from all over the country, from the indie Chicago guys to big, big, big music. But I also liked a lot of non-hip-hop. My older brother was, was way older than me and huge into like Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan. And at school, I would, we were really into Green Day, Soundgarden. So after graduating from public school, I went to a private high school farther south and that was a big culture shock the school was a different background still diverse but not the same breakdown there and also it was a private school the kids had different influences and 
I think we're not used to someone like me coming in there and it was my first experience with the rest of Chicago is not really like Hyde Park and a white kid liking rap music is not viewed the same in Hyde Park as it is at this private school and I think for a little while I pushed that part of myself down in order just to fit into this private school and not face these questions or just bullshit from other kids. And so I went deeper into rock music and hip hop was something I'd listened to back in Hyde Park with my friends on my own, but yeah, I, I pushed some of that down. be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you now one day i was at dr wax which was a local record store and i saw this bootleg album by oasis which was a band i was popular at the time i really liked them and dr wax would have all kind of bootlegs and imports and all kind of stuff i found one for like 30 dollars, and i was with my older brother who i think at this time had just graduated college and like was working in washington dc and was home on a break and he said he said i'll buy this for you but you're gonna have to trade me cds when we get home and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And one of the CDs he wanted was Ill Communications, which was a CD that I think I had bought, I think in like Columbia House, buy 10 CDs for a penny type of thing. And I liked the Sabotage video. And I just had heard the Beastie Boys, but I didn't really know much about them. And I just picked their album, the cover looked cool. And I was like, oh, Sabotage. And I got the CD back in like sixth or seventh grade. And I kind of just didn't get it and put it away. And he wanted it and I listened to it that day. I remember thinking like, all right, whatever. And I put it in really as like a last listen, like I'll listen to Sabotage one more time. know there was just something when I put the record on again a little older as a 14 year old I think I could pick up the music understand the music and it just spoke to me and what I was seeing in Hyde Park and like understanding that these were like three white Jewish kids that grew up in New York City which is not exactly like Chicago but kind of looking at their story and looking out my parents' apartment window on the Hyde Park Boulevard, there just something hit me at that time and just really spoke to me where like, I can't give this album out and not only am I not gonna give this up, but like this is really the shit that I like. And this is me and I don't care when I go back to school. I don't care about what other people think, but I'm done kind of pushing this part of myself down.
that was also the time where I think hip hop as a culture more so came through with this Beastie Boys CD because it was different than the gangster rap that was more popular. It was just something that showed me the interconnectedness. Like you have the Beastie Boys and you have Q-Tip and A Tribe Called Quest. And then I was able to go back and see A Tribe Called Quest and the Native Tongue Movement and then De La Soul and then Most Def. And from the Beastie Boys, like that whole story of Def Jam, their whole story, it just showed that hip hop was not just this thing in music videos and on TV, but a real living thing. And these dudes were kids that at 18, 19, 20 were just making music and one of them started a record label and that turned out to be Rick Rubin and then these dudes were a joke and kind of whatever it licensed and now they're doing this. So that's why Get It Together is that song because it was like, oh shit, Q-Tip is on this and it just set in motion that there is this bigger thing than just rap music and music videos and the music industry. It was like my first real peek in in the art form and these guys are creative real people and real friends that do music together kind of gave me as a 13 14 year old whatever age i was when i got this that age struggling with my identity the bc boys kind of like gave me a natural role model at this time being white in hip-hop was not the same as it is now they were like the only group that I think to me and a lot of others felt like authentic real people not a joke and so that was I'm thankful that they came into my life at this time And my mouth is not blood, but fuck it, let me get down to the rhythm. Yes, I get funky and I shoot on my tism like John Bones, the X-rated nigga. Listen to the shit, cause I am the ill figure. Nobody's getting any bigger than this. I think the track is a very early 90s New York hip-hop posse cut from the first like, ooh. Uh, that comes on and then they have a, the record scratches and then the beat drops and what's dope about the music if you really listen and look at the lyrics it's like they are almost freestyling this one guy stops and then the next the next one picks off so like q-tip starts his verse i go one two like my name was bismarck but i had to do this shit just let me embark on the lyric and the noun on the verb let's kick the shit off because you know i'm not the herb the next person is mike d well it's not the herb but the spice with the flavor to spare the move with the funk for your derriere it gives a vision to me of them recording this in their studio in a cipher that's the feel of the record and the vibe and the whole album ill communication is a very free-formed album me being just like a big beastie boys fan and like reading the stories i know that 
they recorded this album in their own studio on their own time and it also is not one of those featuring q-tip where they sent the record to him and he put on his verse and it doesn't make any sense it's like they made this record with q-tip in the studio My first real concert was the Beastie Boys on a Tribe Called Quest. Like, the Tribe Called Quest brought out the Beastie Boys, and they were just like, you know, we're about to bring out the Beastie Boys. They're our big brothers. Like, they put us on. And, you know, when you go back through, through the history of music and hip-hop, you'll see that the BC Boys brought Tribe Called Quest on like their first tour, that they put Public Enemy on their first tour, that they brought Cypress Hill, they brought out House of Pain, they brought LL Cool J's demo to Rick Rubin. The BC Boys are a group that's sometimes like overlooked or just like taken for granted, but when you really go into their music, you'll just see a wealth of material and just a wealth of, I'd say, giving back to the culture of not just hip hop music, but music. Like these guys are true musicians. And it showed me a respectful way to enter hip hop culture. You know, as a white kid, when I would say I'm from Hyde Park, people do look at me different. They're like, oh, okay, like you have some of these experiences. When I, I, right after college, I did this program called Teach for America. And I went on an interview and the principal said, this was in Inglewood on 57th and Damon. I went to school on 57th Street in Hyde Park. I don't, I think it's uh, 57th and Kimbark. We're going to school on the same street and their opportunity, experience, everything about going to school is totally different than mine. The principal asked me like, why do you want to do Teach for America or why are you teaching in Chicago? Why'd you pick to come to Chicago? And I said, well, my first thing was just like, well, I'm from Hyde Park. And he didn't even let me finish. He was just like, oh, you're from Hyde Park. Okay, then you know, like you know what's going on. And that was it, like I had the job. And he said, you know, a lot of these teachers come from suburban areas or small towns or they don't know, but like you're from Hyde Park, like cool. Like that's what we're looking for. I think like the Beastie Boys represented Hyde Park to me in a, in a certain way and it showed me a respectful way. And if you're dope and really love it, that's what comes through in their music. Like they are really great musicians, they love hip hop and that's what comes through. To the most, and I, that's what I picked up from from them. 
I won't stop painting till the world looks the way it should. I'm on a mission to make heaven look like my neighborhood. Fuck, creep in a yard, storm the gates a hundred deep. Who knew these cans of true blue was heat and thunder speech? Old Chicago, role models was avocados and olives. Throw ups without hangovers, names older than God's is. Where bombing's not a hobby, it's a habit. Where addicts, rappers bragging about tags and don't know dick about this graph shit. Attack the metro track with fat caps for fading gray greens. Can't wait to see Paige versus Daily. It's all I think around this time and later in high school when I also started going to the places where like digging it going to Dr. Wax and talking to the dudes that worked there who were in the who were hip-hop artists and buying the local music by people like Typical Cats or Juice or Pugsley Adams and going to the WHPK radio station or going to the point those kind of things where I were knowingly or not is when I when I started becoming part of the culture like digging deeper than just the radio songs wanting to become a DJ throwing events learning the history of hip-hop where it came from so I think around this time and it took several years but this was definitely the start of it I'm Won the battle. I got word chemistry when I'm dead, you'll remember me. Juice, I serve any nigga breathing in the industry. If you want to test, Jay, I'll show you the best way. If you want some drama, I'm going to send it to you next day. Rappers want a piece of me, y'all niggas better stay away. I take the rap style and put it back on layaway. I cook the second batch, then I cook the first batch. And I'll be knocking rappers down like a The response in high school when I first got there, it was a negative thing. And that's when I just kind of, you know, I would get calls like Oreo and shit like that, which I didn't even understand because to me like I don't know I didn't understand what it was like to act outside your race I didn't even understand race like I'm telling you growing up in Hyde Park it just shifts how you view things I thought that was what the rest of the city was like when I would watch Sesame Street I'd be like oh this is a show based on my neighborhood just with puppets in it because that's like what it felt like the Cosby show shit like that and Hyde Park also introduces you to affluent African-Americans. There were black families living in my building that had way more money than my parents. They were taking me on like night to nice like trips with their kids and stuff like that. So like these ideas of race and all that were just different to me. When I got to high school, their roles were very much more defined. And there were like a handful of black kids. I was the only Jewish kid at the whole private school. And I'm a new kid from not in the neighborhood. All these kids really were from the suburbs and then came. No no one else from my neighborhood even went there. It was like a whole new thing. It just made me more confident who I was and I stopped trying to please people that didn't get it. Joined the basketball team, I joined the radio and made it my thing of like that, Alex is the dude that loves music, that knows more about music than you do, that knows about hip hop, that cares about hip hop, that was bringing in to school the the bootleg CDs, the European imports, the like indie West Coast artists released on like quantum projects. like. That kind of stuff was me, and I made it my identity. And there's a small group of kids that bonded over the music, and I think that also goes back to like knowing that this is a larger culture. You see, one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, y'all, let's rock this. You say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on. Speech is my hammer, bang the world in the shape, not let it fall. This song, Hip Hop, is from 
most deaf's debut album black on both sides it's actually he he starts the album off with a with a prayer and a song from the moment that he just said speech is my hammer bang the world into shape now let it fall my restlessness is my nemesis i mean this is where i just got chills listening to this and again i you know i discovered it a little after this whole bc boys episode but from q-tip then q-tip was on the lyricist lounge album body rock which featured most deaf and that's when i got into most deaf and this was like a guy this is my favorite MC the stuff he talks about in this in this song of just like speeches my hammer bang the world into shape I can control my own environment and hip-hop music deals a lot with those ideas and just the possibilities that exist within hip-hop that he talks about from a ticket out and, and hip-hop hip-hop will simply amaze you craze you pay you do whatever you say do those kind of ideas and then he also shows like the dirty side of hip-hop you know hip-hop is prosecution evidence but it's also out of court settlement sick without benefits there's good and and bad stuff but again i think this shows the cultural aspects hip-hop is prosecution evidence an out-of-court settlement ad space for liquor sick without benefits luxury tenements choking the skyline is low life getting treats up hot hit is a backwater it was like a battle cry i think now in 2012 you know a lot of the, the underground versus mainstream and all that is really blurred and it's not cool anymore to be like that's not hip-hop this is hip-hop like that's kind of played out and people that are on that are like kind of just coming off as grumpy old people but back then this was at the height of the shiny suit era right before to just total change in the music industry with napster and online and the internet and this is when indie hip-hop music was like really at a at a height and when people were passionately and adamantly defining what that was and fighting for it brock is also the same way that like i saw the bc boys and q-tip not just making music together but these people were friends they're part of the same crew these are real people that they're pushing the culture of hip-hop further if these guys aren't doing what they're doing like it's dying the same thing with most deaf and talib kwali and company flow and wordsworth and all these dudes connected uh, simon says and feral Monch all these things happening in new york city that raucous was like the label the razor blade they were a rally cry for people that were pissed off with the way that hip-hop was being represented in mainstream media that it was being blamed for society's problems this was not on the radio this was not anywhere and if you liked it you not only liked it but you were it you pushed it and you 
the whole term backpacker and all that was a source of pride. If you were up on most deaf, you were in the club, because not everybody knew. The night is illustrated, survey and terrorizer, hit in the end burners, plus multiple insiders. Sub-level provider, civil verbalizer, the most humble student sniper, destroy the amplifier. The sentinel who protect the board of dimensional hologram, cover all chapters of B-boy visual. Take it back to 2 a.m. filling 3D outlines of park a year later. I was talking to someone else a while ago. I think it was with Knowledge. He's in the group Kids in the Hall, but that's a friend of mine I've known since I was like five. And I'd asked him something about why he likes most deaf. And he said something like, he's just such effortless cool. It is just this natural, I mean, like he says in here, native son speaking in the native tongue. That's most deaf. And in here, like I was amazed when, when he said, used to speak the king's English, but caught a rash on my lips. So now I chat just like this. Long range from the baseline, swish, boom, boom, boom. And it's just nonstop. Go to the ground with ammunition Move from the gate, voice cued on your tape Putting food on your plate, many crews can relate Who choosing your fate, yo? We went from picking cotton to chain gang line shopping To bebopping to hip-hopping I think with most deaf, I mean, he, he is, I'd say, pretty pretty popular and I think that he's at the right place you know he had a big hit with Miss Fat Booty and he comes out and always had like a big kind of big single but was never lumped in that category of a commercial artist and this was also back in the day when those lines were more clearly drawn like commercial underground and there was later songs where where he like him and I think Kweli more so is a casualty of this, but they both were like, stop calling us conscious rappers. Like like most deaf has a lyric, stop with the nonsense, like he conscious, I'm just awake dog, I'm doing great dog. And Talib Kweli really, you know, his new album coming out is called Prisoner of Thought, which is that idea of like he's being locked in this box. My brother went to Michigan State, so he when he was a freshman in college, I was eight years old and I getting into sports and I just became a huge fan of MSU and all that college basketball college sports pro all that so I wanted to go to college in like I wanted to get out of the city of Chicago I wanted to break away from this really small school you know 40 kids and have that college Jim Belushi t-shirt go to the basketball games get hyped up like I, I wanted that kind of experience the Big Ten experience my first weekend on campus was when Bobby Knight got fired and just to take part in like seeing riots over a basketball coach like that shit was crazy so that's why I wanted to go to IU because I just felt like I wanted to get out of a small school and I don't know get out of like the city lifestyle for a second. I didn't realize that like leaving Hyde Park meant leaving the people as well. Like I didn't, again, I thought that the rest of the world had part more of that in it. And then I got to IU and saw like, really not like that. It's hard to really chill and sit still. Committed to page, I write around. Sometimes won't finish for days. Scrutinize my literature from the large to the minute.
manager, I mathematically add Minister, subtract the wax, select the will it back, I'm feeling that <laughs> From the core to the perimeter black, you know the motto Stay fluid even in staccato Most deaf, full-blooded, full throttle Breathe deep inside the drum hollow there's the hum, young man, where you from? Brooklyn number one, native son, speaking in the native tongue. I got my eyes on tomorrow. Why you still trying to find where it is? I'm on the ad where it is. When I would tell people I was from Chicago and actually the city, a lot of the kids from Indiana had no, like, their only idea was like gun, like, oh, so you've seen guns and stuff? I'd never met anyone in my life that had never met like a Jewish person or didn't have friends that were Asian or Hispanic or black. To go there and these kids not not ever meet a Jewish kid before me or say really racist things just very flippantly like I'd never been in situations like that I'd never met anyone from a small town before I worked at this clothing store in college called Stephen Berry's it was a cool store like the heart of campus the busy part selling you know t three t-shirts for 20 bucks and one of my coworkers was a kid from this town called Upland, Indiana, which I'd never heard of, very small town. So over the course of time, we both worked there from when we were sophomores to when we were seniors in college. And he also liked rap, and he was even more outcasted for just liking rap and had a whole different idea of rap. Because when I'm listening to hip hop music, the people in the music, like, I see those kind of people where I live. Like, what they're rapping about is not happening in some crazy far off place that I have no knowledge of. Being in college and I was a sociology and psychology major. It's like listening to this kind of hip hop and taking sociology classes are a very powerful thing. Listening to this most deaf song and him talking about the hip hop is prosecution evidence and like facing the death penalty, stimulant and sedative, original, repetitive, violently competitive, a school unaccredited. And then learn, had taken class about like the social stratification of race and reading the book like there are no children here in my sociology class. And then having a soundtrack of hip hop music, I think made a big difference in my, in my life. And then going home to South Side of Chicago and when I finally learned about what sociology was, it wasn't so much me learning something new. It was like, oh shit, that's social stratification. That's restrictive covenants. That's the cycle of poor education into no inner city joblessness. It was like, that's what this is. And the music was a soundtrack and all that was just like really bringing to life what I saw as early as a kid. You know, when I would drive to that private school from Hyde Park, at first I took a school bus and that sucked and then I started taking the train and the bus. I would have to take a bus from Hyde Park to downtown at like 6 a.m. just to catch the one metro that went down to 111th Street. And then after suffering through that, my parents finally got me a car my junior year and I was able to drive and I would drive through Inglewood every day to get onto the expressway. and. 
it just really evoked something and then hip-hop congress was an influence of like we have to do something more and fight for this culture that's being like one overrun by commercialization and people that don't care about it and ignorant people at indiana that grow up in an in an environment where there's no ethnic or racial diversity and they get these images from tv and think that's all that it is that's what was a big part of my life at that time and like most deaf and the beastie boys were like the music the soundtrack in a way I got turntables in the summer between junior and senior year. I um, was going to get a car because I didn't have a car in college. So I came home to Chicago during the summer for my brother's wedding and my parents were going to get me a car. Uh, my senior year, I could have one. So I'm at, I'm at home really like waiting for my dad to get ready to like take me to the car dealership. And I was watching TV and a segment of the documentary Scratch, which is a documentary just about turntablism, was uh, being shown on, I think, MTV or MTV2. Back then, they used to do cool shit like that. It was like Z-Trip demonstrating how to mix records together. And he took one and played it, and then he beat matched, and then he let them play together at the same time. And from the records, that I listened to, the scratching was what always was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And going to shows and seeing a DJ, like that was just always had my attention. And then I guess seeing this, this segment on TV, I don't know what it popped off in my head, but I like got up from watching this and went to where my dad was getting ready to go. And I was like, look, how about you take this money that you saved up and can I get turntables instead? You know, my parents have always been very supportive of me and being in the creative fields. They said, you know, we'll get you this this turntable, but you know, you've been asking us for a car for so long, you are not gonna get both. That's it. You know, you're gonna walk everywhere. And I said, okay. A couple days later, went to um, a store on Michigan Avenue, 123 DJ, I think is what it's called and bought a pair of Technique 1200s. I bought Ortophone needles. I bought a Vestax 05 Pro 2 because I saw DJ Qbert use it. And I got turntables that day and then I went to Dr. Wax and started buying the records. And when I got back to college, like I was the kid with turntables. I think that first day that I bought turntables, my dad took me to, we went to Dave's Records, which is on Clark Street, and I went to Dr. Wax in Harper Court, and I think the first records that I bought, I bought A Tribe Called Quest, Greatest Hits on Vinyl. It was like a four record thing. I bought Black Alicious, a single from Black Alicious. I got like get by on vinyl. I was just going back and getting all the Miss Fat Booty, all the raucous singles. The first things were definitely underground and I didn't even want to 
DJ for other people. I just wanted to make weird shit and scratch in my room. And I did that for like, I would say eight months. Like I didn't even DJ in front of people. Like I DJed for myself and then with my friends. And yeah, I got all the underground stuff. I'd order from hip hop site and undergroundhiphop.com. And it was just for me and me and my friends. And then after I did that first party, it was kind of like, oh, like, wow, you know, people can, should, you know, this is fun. I can make people dance. And like, it's more fun to show off the tricks to more people than just myself. And that's when I started like getting party stuff. And I would DJ with another friend of mine and we started yeah. getting booked for fraternity versions of prom and shit like that. And frat parties and house parties. Yeah. We sell crack to our own out the back of our homes We smell the musk of the dusk and the crack of the dawn We go through episodes too, like attack of the clones What till we break a bag and you hear the crack of the bone To get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by We commute the computer, spirits stay mute While your ego spread rumors, we survivalists turn to consumers Just to get by, just to get by he was like super duper underground snob and that's when I after that first party and DJing at bars I started to like get acceptable mainstream records like Dirt Off Your Shoulder 99 Problems and shit like that Made You Look and Annie Up and I and like I remember the first time I bought a Ludacris vinyl and my friend was like what the fuck are you doing buying like Ludacris but I was just like this shit sounds dope like I want to have this record for the party and so we would DJ these parties together and we made a pack like anytime one of us got a gig, the other would get the gig. And we kind of started to get into this pattern of he would go on and these people would start requesting the hits of the time, like Ludacris and Outkast and Jay-Z and Nas, Nina Sky. I don't, I'm trying to think of like some really shitty kind of hits. But it would always reach a point where he got super annoyed and quit and like just like fuck you guys and then I would have to take over because I had some of the commercial and I could tell them like I don't have that but I'll play something you'll like to at least get you to stop coming up and bothering us while we DJ. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Turn the music up in the headphones. Tim you can go and brush your shoulders off nigga. I got you. If you feeling like a pimp, nigga, go on, brush your shoulders off. Ladies is pimps too, go on, brush your shoulders off. Niggas is crazy, baby, don't forget that boy told you, kid. Turn up your shoulders, I'm probably over to you. So this song is uh, Spaceship featuring GLC and Consequence from Kanye's first album, College Dropout. The College Dropout came out in my second semester, my senior year, my last semester in college, and I remember getting an early copy of this to write a review of it for a website someone was starting and wanted me to write for and they handed me the album it was snowing I finished class walked to the union and got it and then I, as soon as he gave it to me i put in my disc man and walked back and i just remember getting chills listening to this album and like for the first time just like wow like this guy's from the south side of chicago and he had beat me to things i didn't and i didn't even like want to be like a rapper or whatever necessarily but I had shit to say and I felt part of me felt like Kanye had beat me to all of it and I just knew like this was incredible and one of the songs that I liked the most was Spaceship which working in a clothing store at the time my friend and I that I was that worked at Stephen Barry's with me had an immediate connection to like you know if my manager insults me again i'll be assaulting him after i fuck the manager up then i'm gonna short the register up 
as a, even in, in comedy, but that's how we really felt. And just this idea of like no days off, that work, hard work will pay off at some day. GLC is someone that at the time this song came out I'd never heard of him or met him and even was like why is GLC on this album and in the years since I've not only been able to meet GLC but he's become one of my best friends and a real mentor to me. I did a mixtape with GLC. He's someone I've talked to about everything. Now it's like he really makes this song with his verse and the idea of the line, putting pants on shelves, waiting patiently. I ask myself where I wanna go, where I wanna be. And that's, again, just the experience of when I was in school literally putting pants on shelves being like i don't want to be fucking working at stephen barry's like this is bullshit and and then even consequences verse of the these two you have kanye and glc that haven't seen success and want to get it and then you have consequence that gives the viewpoint of someone that had it and let it go and it just shows the that these things are not permanent. And I remember when I was on top and now people are like, aren't you the kid that used to be in the old Buster Rhymes video? And like, there's no more car service, no more TV shows, all that got snatched from me. All the faculties turned their back on me. They didn't want to hear a rap from me. Like, it just showed how quickly everything can turn. And I didn't even try to work a job, represent the mob at the same time. Thirsty on the grind, shot, state of mind. Lost my mama, lost my mind. Life, my love, that's not mine. Why you ain't signed? What my time? Leave me alone. Work for it, y'all. Half others yours, half others mine. Only wanna ball, never wanna fall. Gotta get mine, gotta take mine. Gotta check nine, reach my prime. Gotta make these haters respect mine. In the mall to 12, with my schedule headset nine. Putting them on shelves, waiting patiently, I ask myself where I wanna go, where I wanna be. Life is much more than running in the streets. Holla, hey, yeah, hit me with the beat, put me on my feet. Sound so sweet. Yes, I'm the same OG, same goatee, stand low key. No, holla, God, man, why you had to take my folks? Hope to see Freddie G, Yusef G, love my G, Rollie G, police watch me smoke my weed and count my jeans. Got a lot of people counting on me. And Spaceship is a song that in my darkest days from college and thinking I'd never get past my senior thesis and get out of Stephen Barry's to Inglewood and teaching in Teach for America and like people always ask me, what was Teach for America like? And I'll be like, you know how people say I wanted to kill myself. 
I'm not joking. Like that shit was that hard at times. And the struggle of being in that environment with these kids and knowing only you can do so much, just the constant pain and poverty and just bullshit that happens at, the, at that school and in Teach for America, the depths of despair of the again, like this is not what I want to do like with my life. This is not where I want to be. The idea of like spaceship, that it can get better. Like I'm still working the grave shift. That's what I keep saying to myself. I remember having to take the dollar cab, coming home real late at night, standing on my feet all damn day, trying to make this thing right. And having one of my co-workers say, yo, you look just like this kid I seen in the old Buster Rhymes video the other night. Well, easy come, easy go, how that saying goes. No more broad service cars and them TV shows that all had got snatched from me. And you know any faculties all turn they back on me. Didn't wanna hear rap from me So naturally, actually Had to face things factually Had to be a catastrophe Hit the fridge staring back at me Cause nothing's there, nothing's fair I don't wanna ever go back there So I'm gonna be taking no days off Till my spaceship I remember reading on a usually like OK Player or UndergroundHipHop.com one of those, I would read both of them every single day, but they had great discussion boards. And I just remember reading in my, in my room one night just about Kanye West. It was like someone had put up a blurb from like MTV News that just Kanye was making an album on his own. And like that is just burned in my memory of like, okay, this shit's gonna be serious. Like I had at that time just, that's when he became conscious. And then I saw Through the Wire, video dropped and that whole thing of him getting his jaw wired shut i still think college dropout is his best album or it's my favorite one of his albums because it just has a certain rawness that's not present anymore and it's made you know when he was a different different guy there's a rawness a just aggressiveness i think he still raps he still come, makes music with a chip on his shoulder, but at this point, it was like a real chip. Him saying like how he almost died, and I, you know he's here for a real reason and all that. I just really related to. I almost when I was a kid, I almost died, and I just was able to in my mind, same way walking around with screw face, listening to most deaf talk about banging the world into shape. Same thing with Kanye, where I'd be able to put on that that music and this song again walking through IU in this beautiful place and there's beautiful girls everywhere and frat boys and friends of mine that never had to work or go to class and I'm here working 20 hours a week and my parents are having all kind of financial trouble to send me to this this school and it's like you don't know my struggle you can't match my hustle you can't catch my hustle you can't fathom my love dude that's what I was like thinking and that's what Kanye was saying and that's what I was thinking and saying to all these privileged kids that I'd never seen a kind of privilege like that before. Put them all in the front of the store, so I'm on break, next to the no smoking sign with a blunt in a mall, taking my hits, writing my hits, writing my rhymes, playing my mind, this fucking job can't help them, so I quit, y'all welcome. 
Y'all don't know my struggle. Y'all can't match my hustle. You can't catch my hustle. You can't fathom my love, dude. Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world, like three summers. I deserve to do these numbers. The kid that made that deserves that made back. So many records in my basement. I'm just waiting on my spaceship. I've been black. working this great shift, and I ain't made shit. I wish I. Kanye dropped a new video today and it's like huge and he is looked at he's le- he's like a prominent cultural figure for pop culture and everything to think when this Kanye came out and spaceship Kanye came out none of that was happening there was no guarantee that Kanye would put out a new song and it would be brilliant it would be this massive hit he was the underdog at this time so he was a voice for underdogs he represented the common man he was like he says on this album when fans want the feeling of a tribe called quest but all they got left is this guy called west whether you call him quali or qualey i put him on tracks with jay-z like kanye came in and was like i can like real hip-hop shit and it's okay for me to like tell my friends i like freeway i like some jay-z records like he made it cool to be smart and to to be ignorant at the same the kind of like the same time he was like the ultimate I'm not going to take no for a reason. You know, when he came out, it was just all like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, notice me, notice me, I'm good. I think one of his faults at a certain point in time was when in later albums, he kept rapping about people underestimating him. And at this point, no one underestimates him. It's like, no, man, we get it. Like, you're dope. You're the best. But at college dropout, he had that raw passion because he had to, like, literally prove it. Yes, sir. Now it's Kanye the most overbooked. Yes, sir. Do the fans want the feeling of a tribe called Quest? But all they got left is this guy called West. That'll take freeway throwing on tracks your most deaf. You call him Quiley or Qualey. I put him on songs with Jay-Z. I'm the gap like Banana Republican Old Navy. And ooh, it come out sweeter than old Sadie. Nice as Bum B when I met him at the Source Awards. Girl he had with him ass could have won the Horse Awards. This whole album just had so much emotion and feeling that like that first time I'm walking back from the student union to my house, I got chills just listening to the music from the first song to the last one. It's like a real person. This was the first time where it was like an artist that I could know that like grew up that felt like more even like me. And I picked Spaceship because it's my favorite record on the album. And just that whole place I think we've all been of like, why am I doing this right now when I want to be doing this over here? But I think this song and Kanye was like helped to show me like there are no rules. There are, there are no like set path in life. And if doing these things are not going to help me be a writer, they're not going to help me get jobs in the music industry, I quit. You're welcome. That's kind of like where this song really impacted me. I've been working this great shift and I ain't made shit. I wish I could buy me a spaceship and fly. Hip hop matters because it's 
a voice for the voiceless. It's a microphone for, I think, truth. I think hip-hop is a rich and beautiful culture that teaches not only creative expressions, but a value of history, a value of intelligence and toughness and uh, resilience. If not for hip-hop, if not for my brother trying to take my Beastie Boys CD, I wouldn't even be sitting here and talking to you guys. So that's why it matters, to me at least.